Welcome back. This is part two of episode 77 of So What's Been Happening. This time in the part two, we're celebrating NADOC week and we bring on a special guest of ours who's been on the show before, um, an incredible inspiration to especially me. Um, here we are with Nikita Rodemar. Enjoy. What we've got is um, a beautiful artist that we've had on before, um, and I call her artist because she is an incredible talent, mate. Um, it's NADOC week, as we know. Yep. Um, just just tell us a little bit, before I do bring her up, just tell us a little bit about that little caption you've put on there as your name for this, for tonight, I am for NADOC week. Just tell us just a little bit about your thoughts. Uh, I, I... For me, it's more just a, it's a recognition of our past and our history and, and, and obviously for those that travelled well before us on our great land. Um, no, I've, I've been educated on our Indigenous community uh, and how far back they stretch. Probably the easiest way I've been educated is through footy. Um, you know, and, and footy is a big way of life for, for the Indigenous community, obviously, as well. And... Um, you know, I, I just think I just don't think we can. I, I I worry about the debate we always have on this, rather than just let's just keep promoting the good things about our indigenous community and what it is they actually do provide, and how can we how can we get that more into the mainstream of Australia as it should be. Um, so me putting that as my name tonight, I'm I'm just hoping more than anything. It's just a I want it to be something that people go out after tonight potentially and go and look and, and, and read about NADOC week and what is NADOC. And for me, it's just a further education opportunity. We've got it at my work. Um, so we're, we're recognising NADOC at my work. Unfortunately, I couldn't bring up the red logo version of NADOC week. We've got it. At, I've got that at work, but my uh, technical technology uh capabilities are not quite so flash obviously tonight so um for me it's it's duly recognizing exactly who the indigenous community are and 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 what they what they, they what the opportunities that are still out there as to how they can uh, represent australia in a way that they deserve to um and you know always having that conversation but doing it in a really encouraging way yeah yeah all right um as we talk about NADOC week, um, we want it to be so much more than a week. You're 100% right. It's It should be just something that's in the forethought of our mind and it just becomes everything we talk through. But the whole point of this week is to have the conversations um, and be having the chat, those chats. Um, but um, obviously we talk about the recognition um, of our Indigenous culture and one person that... Um, I don't even think she realises it, but she's actually a really big inspiration to me, to be perfectly honest. And I should be really humbled to think of that um, coming from me. Um, but I've had the pleasure of working with Nikita um, through making some apparel, um, through various kind of um, sports uh, and also organisations that Nikita's been with. But just let's bring Nikita up and let's talk a little bit about... Um, NADOC, what does NADOC mean to her and NADOC week um, and also what she's got in her life and what she's got coming up. So welcome back, 
Nikita Rodemar. Hello. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. So nice to have you back on. It was it was Thanks so long ago that we did have you on that first time um, with you and Dixon. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, I think. No, who, who, who else was on? Um, just trying to think. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Escape, name escape. Natasha, that's right. Natasha Bamblett was on. That's as well. right. Yeah, that's right. We did, I, I thought we had two it was Tash. I actually think that was probably coming up to nearly two years ago. So that's how crazy things have been. If not, it was at least 12 months ago. So, um, <laughs> firstly, um, NADOC week for you. Just tell us a little bit about what it's been. It's been obviously a big week for you because there's been some exciting news as well for you. Um, but just tell yeah. us a little bit about what's what's been happening. It, it has been a different NADOC week for me this year. Um, very unexpectedly, you know, it was unexpected as well. So it's been much busier. Um, yeah, so just a totally diff different experience this year. Um being nominated for Sports Person of the Year and um, was really, <laughs> thank you, it was really, uh, it was unexpected but also because I'm so flat out just in general, <laughs> I wasn't even aware of, you know, that I'd, I think it was like last minute that I realised that I'd been nominated and then I had to rush to the to the workshop beforehand and then, um, then the award it was the next, the next night and it was just it was much bigger than I had got my head around um and yeah I, I really didn't think that I was gonna you know I was going to win the award um just because when I when I was in the workshop the day before just the the nominees were incredible you know they and they they were doing so much and um they really inspired me you know we, we all shared our, our stories and it was it was just a blessing just to be in that workshop, just to get to meet all these people, great people. Um, and I almost didn't go to the award night because I, I'm not very good in crowds. Um, it's just a thing that I've always had issues with. And because I really did, I really didn't think that I was I was going to win the award. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, my partner and my mother pushed me to go, you know, push through that anxiety I get being in crowds and I guess I'm, I'm glad I went now because I, I won the award so um yeah just even the, the thought of getting up and talking in front of all the people it's just a real um it's just something I'm just I'm not used to it's something I've always dodged my whole life um talking in front of crowds and I knew that I would have to go and talk at the awards and it was just I became overwhelmed really quickly, and um, yeah, but I got it done, and I'm and I was I was proud of myself actually just because, you know, it really is just foreign to me to get up and talk to people, especially about stuff that I'm passionate about. I get very emotional, <laughs> and I knew I would, and I didn't want to get emotional in front of everybody, but I did, and it is what it is, and um, yeah, now I've realised you know, that my community is acknowledging the work I'm doing. They're, they're, they are seeing it and they're um, grateful and it, it's probably the best award I've ever ever won, you know, being acknowledged by my own people. But that's just the award part. Um, did you want me to speak about what NADOC means to me? 
I will, first. but let's let's quickly just bring up a couple of, of oh. shots with you. <laughs> I had to sneak a couple of photos in, um, okay. and just also some some uh, other people from your community that are also acknowledged on the night. But I think this was a really powerful story I read. Um, this is cool. yeah, this one, beautiful. This one in particular. So just let's let's touch on that one first, um, and that kind of. Changing of the not changing of the guard, but a handover from the from effectively from the last year. Yeah, so that's another thing that took me by surprise because, you know, I, I know Marissa well. When she goes and when she boxes, when she competes in amateurs, I make an effort to go and watch her just to support her as another sister, you know. And I'm very aware of her um of her story and you know her struggle, and I was very proud of her when she won the. Uh, Sports Person of the Year Award in 2019. and But I hadn't made the connection that that was the last person that won the award because of COVID. Mm. So I got really choked up when she when she got up and presented the award to me because um, I just remember back then when she was having a hard time and a few people had reached out to me because I'm obviously another Aboriginal female in the boxing, um, you know, in the boxing industry I guess you'd call it and you know reaching out to me if I could support this young girl um and and that's how I came to know of Marissa and then obviously she achieved a lot very soon after you know having such a hard time and so when she won that award I was extremely proud of her and I remember I went to that NAIDOC ball where she spoke and it was just beautiful and but that's what choked me up at the award night because when she got up to to give me the award that's what I mean about being so flattered. I'm I'm always feel like I'm just behind behind everyone else catching up. Um, so when she, how it just all oh, I can't explain it. How it all connected in, you know, like how she explained that, you know, a boxing gym is what um, what gave her that chance. You know, she was in foster care and and um, for for ten years I think, and she just needed somebody to believe in her she said them words and she when she said someone like Nikita it really got to me because you know and, and then it really her words made me th made me think wow like you know like I'm just creating these this these programs for the youth but I didn't realize until um she said them words that you know I possibly have you know I've got got kids in in the programs that I'm running that are in the same situation that Marissa was in and um, this could be a game changer. This, this could change their life. So the responsibility really hit me there when she when she said that at the award night. And um, it just another thing that really I was proud of is that it was two Aboriginal women in boxing, which is mostly a male dominant sport, that have taken the award out, you know, two years in a row. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, this is what I mean. I, I was, um, I, like I said, I feel like I'm always behind everyone else catching up with what's going on and it just hits me in the face at the at that time. So the emotions just flow because I'm not ready for anything. Yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> you. I know you had a question for Nikita. I did. Um, in terms of... You know, the, the, the what next? Because of the award, it's great to get the award uh, all, 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 and the recognition that comes out. So how will you, um, I, I guess my first question, how will you use 
the award to further progress what it is that you want to do uh, moving forward. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's my first. I guess that's my first question to you: is is, is how, how are you? How we use that? We use that as some sort of momentum mechanism, or yeah. Well, I've had a couple of days to th think about that now. Well, you know, since I won the award, and um, you know, I think it's a it's a, a really good opportunity for me to promote what I'm trying to trying to do here for young Aboriginal youth. You know, because I have been, you know, I have been. It is it it is a program that's been running purely out of um, you know I've had to provide funds for it. I don't have any kind of I don't have any solid funding for the program as yet, and um, something I've been working on. You know I've always been a a ground staff worker. You know I've been out in the community and outreach worker, so I have no really experience writing submissions and all that kind of thing that people do to, to keep programs together. So I've had to reach out to certain people to help me with that. Um, so I do, I am looking forward to, it sounds, doesn't sound that great, but not using the award, it just, it's just, it has created an awareness for me, like, like put me out there. This is what I'm trying to do. Can people, can you help, jump on board and help me out, you know, um, because of the programs that I've been running have sort of blown up in my face really quickly. You know, we have, 44 young kids um, coming to the, the the 10 to 16 year old mixed uh, gender group um, twice a week, and then I've only I recently started a um, just uh, for young men from the age of 16 to 22, and we have 12 young men coming to that, and that's only just in the last two two weeks. Two this will be the third week, and we've got 12 young men coming twice a week to that one. But the uh, the mixed group has really just kicked right off, and you know, yeah. So the the award, um, it's lovely being acknowledged by your own people. It's it's actually the best feeling. Um, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, just just the acknowledgement. You know, you're out there working so hard and with no money, and getting getting these big numbers of kids coming through and. Um, that's a reward itself, but then when your community sees it and acknowledges it, it's 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 a great feeling. And um, I do want to use this award. It's given me a few platforms to talk about the program, and you know, network with people that can can come on board and, and support the program. Because I don't, I, you know, I want at the moment I'm trying to make sure I want to solidify. You know, I want it to be more stable and. You know, I, I want it to keep going for the kids, you know, and see how, how far we can push it um, because they're showing, up, they're showing up. And that's what showed, that's what's shown me with the program is, you know, these, the kids want to do, they want to do positive things with their life, you know, otherwise they wouldn't come, you know. So, um, yeah, there's just a real lack of, of opportunity out there for especially young Aboriginal youth. Um, and this is a perfect example. When you when you provide something, they show up, you know. So, yeah, that's – I really do want, you know, to use whatever platform I can to get the word out there and get as much support as, as I can for these these young fellas because, um, you know, I could, I could seriously sit down and 
I could tell you a story about each child, you know, like they're all very special in their own way. They're just, they're just really not, um, no one gives them any time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you, should, uh, you, should, you should be bloody proud of the fact that you've got so many young people already coming through your doors um, and that hopefully can only just build and build. But like you say, I hope you get a network similar to Michael Long's uh, Long Walk. Um, you know, well, that's that, probably the one thing I look at, and, and you know, he was my sporting hero for a long, long time. Um, so it, something like that, I reckon that would be the goal, wouldn't it? To be able to just give, the, like you say, give these kids an opportunity, but also a massive platform to say, hey, here's something you guys can come and come and achieve or come and participate in and who knows how it turns your life around. Um, is it something like that, do you think, ultimately, you would like to be able to jump in somewhere like at that stratosphere? Is that, is, that a, is that a big bigger goal or is that something you want to do? I mean, I'd love to. You know, I, I've got a, a, you know, I love boxing. You know, I love it. You know, boxing gyms create families. You know, they're, they're very, they're, you know, when, I've gone into boxing gyms when I've when I've felt lost in life, you know, and you get you like it's like a second family, um, and I wanted the kids to be able to experience that, to to have a home that they you know that you know I'm very, the kids know that that this is their boxing family, you know, and with that comes responsibility. So if any of them are playing up in the in the community, you know, they hate it, but they know I find out everything. And, you know, we've got strict rules. So whatever we're teaching them in the gym, they know the first rule is you're not to walk out of the gym and use any of the skills that you're learning on to hurt anyone in the community. You know, so when they're playing up in the community, I always hear about it, um, whether it be shoplifting, uh, riding scooters, you know, electric scooters through shopping centres. I find out everything. Um, <laughs> and, you know, get videos sent to me of kids punching on. And so... They do know the rules and stuff like that, but I've been really firm with them and and they know that, you know, you're part of a family. So whatever you do out in the community, that reflects on all of us here. So um, they have, I have expectations of them, you know. I don't want them to, um, I'm trying to, trying to get through them, to, you know, to stop living them stereotypes, you know. Mm. Young Aboriginal youth, there's a lot of stereotypes for Aboriginal people in general. And I want these young people to, to realise you're not that stereotype. You're much more than that. Um, but often when they're, you know, they're getting into a lot of trouble and you know, even when the kids aren't getting into trouble, um, but, you know, other youth groups within shopping centres or what have you are causing, causing drama, these young, these young Aboriginal kids get targeted and they get kicked out or whatever happens and... But I don't want them to have that mentality of being a victim, you know. I want them to to realise what what they're capable of, you know. And they do just need people to give them a safe space to to grow and to, to realise what they're capable of. Um, so I'd love it to be big, you know. Like, yep. I wouldn't like. I'm, I'm not saying and the talent is incredible. The talent's crazy. You know, these kids are so talented, quick learners, and, you know, Aboriginal people do have natural ability in sports. It's just 
it runs through our blood and um these kids are just unreal the amount like this started four months ago um when i got a few kids to the to the gym and said you know no more hanging out at the shopping centers i'm right over here i want you to come train and they really enjoyed that training session and the next training session they brought their friends so um and their brother boys and their sister girls and in four months we've got 44 kids coming through you know and 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 12 older older boys um so it's really blown up and out of that 44 kids there's at least eight looking to to fight amateurs you know and some are coming not just the the days that we're running the program but they're coming straight after school to do extra work you know extra training to try and reach that goal and on sunday i took three young men to the amateur um the junior the amateurs you know the juniors and and showed them what you know their weight division and what their their competition would look like and you know the fact that i got three um there were more that wanted to come but didn't get you know we couldn't make it all happen because that's the thing i don't have the resources i don't have a mini bus or anything to take them i wish i i'm that broke for paying for ubers i'm telling you now you know, when kids are ringing me nonstop, they're stuck here or stuck there. And, oh, so, you know, I don't have the resources, but, you know, we're doing our best with what we what we have. But the fact that I was able to take three young men to watch the amateurs, like they're, they're starting to set goals and, and believe in themselves that they can be there, that they can do that. And I'm so happy and proud to be able to support them to do that, you know. Um so who knows? Like we might be finding the next Lionel Rose. Who knows? I mean, that that wasn't a goal when we first started. When I first started the program, but the amount of talent. I mean, it's just it's unreal. Especially the girls. They impress me. You know, they're the first to put the head guards on and spar. Um, they, you know, and just to watch how quickly they're developing. Like how they how they're starting to learn how to use their skills that we're teaching them in the ring and. You know, I recently had all the, I had a one of my mates from um, Sports Safe Australia, Con. He came out to the gym and fitted them all with mouth guards because I want, you know, ha- their safety has to be a priority. Um, so since they got their mouth guards, we've, we've been able to start advancing their training and get them to really experience moving around in the ring together. And it's just, it's the best thing to watch. It really, it really is. Awesome. I think it's incredible that um, not only have you <clears throat> offered them a, a safe space, Nikita, is the fact that and the magic that they want to keep coming back now. Um, and it, it builds so much. It builds resilience. You know, it builds connection. It builds friendships. Um, there's, so, there's just so much happening there that, that you've, um, you've been able to connect with uh, for sure. And, and most importantly, um, give kids a sense of purpose as well. And that's, that's just so important. So what I want to do is I want to play a little clip just to give us a little breather uh, that goes for nearly two minutes. It's a, it's a clip you posted uh, Nikita. Um, You don't know about it, but I'm going to play it anyway. Um, And I think there's, there's some really beautiful moments in this and some powerful words. So here's a little bit from crow boxing. Tell me to what to do. You can't break my bone by pulling me down. Or by 
me by Duran Bandolini, that's my original name. Also known as Robbie Thorpe. Alright, so um, it's a real pleasure to come out here. It's the first time I've been out here. I love gymnasiums, places. Very important space to do this. And how do you dream if you've got no space or no land to develop and plan on? It's hard to dream. Right? So it's, you can create your dreams here. And I just wanted to say that because I, it's all a part of the NAIDOC. It's all about our survival and struggle as a people. And you know, it's, we've been under the, under the foot for a long time, but we're coming up. Nothing going to stop us now. So be a part of that. Pretty powerful, Nikita. Um, some of the words, so that, you cool. know, some of the words spoken there at the end. Um, yeah, it's incredible um, to to hear that, hear those words of to have that that connection and that have that place that they feel important. And he, the words, you know, everyone always listens to an elder and thinks, yeah. oh yeah, you know, what, whatever you're talking about, you know, the kids, yeah, well, yeah, no worries, you, you're an old old person, you know. But if the kids sit there and listen back to some of those words, um, super powerful. And to hear, you know, to give an op to give some kids an opportunity, as you said before, um, I think is one of the most important things that legacy you're leaving here. Um, and to be to be inspirational, um, to be a NADOC. Um, ambassador effectively as well now um, being sports person people will understand and hear and hear the names of buddy franklin ash barty that have all won won awards but they may not have heard of you but they'll know <laughs> you by the end of this because you're 100 percent right people do have they everyone that won an award has an incredible story and if you didn't win an award they still had an incredible powerful story oh, as well yeah. And I think the stories from some of these kids that you mentioned that sit there in the gym, and I'd love to have a chat to some of these kids online one day and maybe even in person that we can we can talk to and give them a platform to just have a little chat about how they're feeling because we talk be about amazing. mental health. We talk about mental health on this kind of show and what kids have been going through, and I'd love to hear some of their stories of where they've been and where they are now and what they now aspire to be. Um, that would be pretty yeah. powerful stuff. So we'll do that. We will do that. We'll find a time. Yeah, but that I see you surprised me again. I did that was so cool because I love putting that. The kids have taught me TikTok. So, you know, they're always waiting for the next little TikTok that I'll bring out, you know, showcasing all their skills um, and just their development. Um, I did a really cool one when uh, I asked uh, Anthony Mundine, the man, to come see the kids and, and do a talk with them and, and he was brilliant. You know, he came, he trained the kids. He was so, you know, he just invested all his time in all of them that whole time he was there. And um, at the end, just like Uncle Robbie Thorpe in, in that, that was on Monday I held a, a NADOC event for the kids, um, a two-hour session um, because I knew this week all the NADOC events would be hard for them to get to training. So on Monday I said, you know, we're going to do a two-hour session. We're going to invite your family and friends or carers, whoever you want to invite, bring them so they can see how hard you've been working. And, um, you know, we, we put on a big feed. And I had um, Uncle Daryl Smith, who is a past boxer too, you know, he's a brilliant boxer in his time. Um, he did an acknowledgement to country, but he also did a beautiful thing where 
he um he he did acknowledgement to country but he also spoke to the kids about the importance of um paying their respects to to our elders and and loved ones that have passed over to the dream time and you know he he the kids joined him in a minute silence uh to pay their respects to all them people and and we'd lost a a beautiful uncle um from the victorian aboriginal health service just days before so it, it was for him as well so it's just important for these young ones to continue to practice our culture you know what we do as people how we honor our um, elders and our our loved ones that pass over and you know some of these kids have never been never able to experience any of that um some of the kids there didn't even know what nadoc i uh, mean nadoc week means to aboriginal people because we have a lot that are in foster care and out of out of um, home care so that's their only way of connecting with communities to come so i actually dropped the age it was 12 to 16 but i dropped the age to 10 because there was a lot of young kids that their workers were reaching out to me saying they have no connection to community so i said to them you know i said don't worry about their ages just bring them you know we'll make it work because it's important that they have that connection so I end up dropping the age to 10, but, you know, I'm not fussed. If kids show up and they're, they're willing to train and no one's denied, you know, even the kids, the Aboriginal kids, they're all being told, you know, if you've got friends or whoever your people are, no matter of their background, bring them, you know, because there's a lot of stuff in the in the community with the youth at the moment, a lot of conflict between cultures. And, and I want to try and use this program as well as a preventative, like bring your your um somalian made or it doesn't matter you know like yes it's aboriginal specific it was started that way but you know we've had other little you know kids bring their little mates that aren't aboriginal and they've treated just the same you know so um yeah so also with uncle robbie uncle robbie thorpe i was i was so happy that he made it it was last minute me trying to get him in there because um as a young kid growing up uncle robbie to me is is one of my um is someone i've always looked up to and he he's just like the the walking living person that that you know the the nadoc theme this year is what he is you know so it was important for me to get him in to explain to the kids what nadoc week means um and and the history behind it and he he spoke that little clip so he spoke for at least 20 minutes to the kids and they were so engaged that you know they didn't get distracted because just the way he uh, presents as well is beautiful, and he used to be he used to be a boxer too. You know, he 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 fought back in his day as well, and his idol was Lionel Rose. So he gave the kids history about Lionel Rose, which was beautiful about where Lionel Rose came from. Like you know, he lived in a just a, a dwelling on a dirt floor with his eleven brothers and sisters, and it was massive for the kids to hear that because he became world champion. So you know, Uncle Robbie really drove that home to the kids that it really doesn't matter where you come from or what your background, you know, what you've experienced, you can be something, you know, like Uncle Lionel Rose is the perfect example of that. And it was important for me that I, I was just wrapped that he said that because coming from an elder who was around when Lionel Rose, you know, Lionel Rose was his hero, it has more effect than someone coming in and just giving some information about Lionel Rose. Like it was very powerful to hear it from Uncle Robbie and that's been a priority for me is to get, you know, because the kids have lost the opportunity, especially through COVID, they, you know, they, they haven't had that connection with elders. You know, it's been lost. The, the elders' voices have 
have gone silent. So I've really been trying to get as many elders as I can in as possible to just be around the kids to support them and also talk to them about issues that they're facing in the community because we were always told to look, that's how we've been raised, to look to our elders for guidance. And I want to reinforce that because it's been a little bit lost, you know, along the years. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, uh, all I can say is I said it at the start before I brought you on and um, you are an inspiration to me. Absolutely, Nikita. Um, and I know, I know I've know, i never probably told you that to your face, um, but <laughs> I see a lot from the background, as you know, um, and I'm actually one of those people that likes to sit in the background a little bit too, but it's so great to see you push yourself into the foreground in this case. Um and it's onwards and upwards from here for you. Um, and to have someone like Devin Haney turn up at the at the gym as well, um, yeah. I think is is a massive testament to the strength um, and wisdom of the program that you're pulling together. And, and Anthony Mundine, obviously an idol of both um, Lovey and I, um, Lovey being a St George supporter back in the day, uh, used to follow <laughs> Anthony a lot and not incredible he, he was oh. always an incredible athlete but for, for his ability to switch codes and move into another career um and love him or hate him um as, as some people do and he, he did divide people to some degree but one thing he never didn't he never ever waned from was being an absolute professional at anything he did um like his father tony so um is just so good to the, that you've been able to get them to your gym, talk to the kids about it. I'm sure they've talked to their friends uh, in the boxing community as well, and it'll this thing will grow from strength to strength. So hopefully, obviously, it had a rebrand not long ago, um, and it was only only a week or so ago, wasn't it, that you've uh, actually announced the new name for the or the the youth boxing uh, crew crew called Crow. Um, that you're calling it. Just tell us a little bit about that name because uh, reading the backstory, it's it's pretty powerful and special for you. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, when I when I pulled this program together, I, I did I called it the Koori Youth Boxing Program because you know it's for Koori Youth, and I just needed a name, you know, to get it out there and get kids coming. Um, but obviously, like like I said before, I had no idea it was going to blow up so quick and. Um, you know, I love the name Koori Youth Boxing Program, but, you know, I wanted a name that was more inclusive, you know, because, you know, to, like I said, when I, when I speak, I tell the kids, they all, they all know you can, you can um, bring your mates. I don't, I'm not worried about their background. And I wanted a, a more inclusive name. Um, and also, you know, Aboriginal people, we, we come from all different areas of Australia. You know, we're Koori's here in Victoria and New South Wales, but, you know, we've got a couple of Noongar kids, you know, so I wanted the name to be a little bit more inclusive. And um, I knew that I wanted to honour my father, who was known as Crow, because um, my father, everything that I'm doing now with these with these kids, my dad taught me. You know, he, he taught me the importance of being in sports, you know, that, that it'll, you know, It'll keep you on track, you know, like sports was, he always made sure that us kids were involved in sports and he always um, let us know how important it is to be to be in sports and to keep healthy and make friendships. And he, he said, you know, like sports will give you another family. It'll give you um, 
a place to go when you're feeling lost. So I've always been, you know, involved in sports because of because of my dad and, and he made sure that we always had it around us. Um, but also my dad's other passion was um, obviously the Aboriginal community. He, he lived for his community. He put years and years and years of work into the community and and he, he connected a lot of um, stolen generation people back to their to their people and youth especially was was his greatest passion. You know, he he always told me um, how important it is to keep Aboriginal youth within the community, within family, if possible, um, that they needed to be with their with their mob. So um, all these things he taught me is everything that I now as a grown woman and a mother of five myself, I do for, for my children especially, but also I've been working with youth for years now. You know, I'm, I'm a youth mental health worker. Um, that's my current job, you know. And, um, yeah, my, da my dad's words and his teachings for me growing up, they're just I, I needed a way, you know, after recently losing him as well, I needed a way to keep his spirit alive for, for myself. And I, and I realised that a way I could do that is to, to honour his legacy and continue to do the work that he um, had done for so many years and try and do it, you know, with the same values and morals that he has taught me. And, and so it was very important. And, and so, so that's where Crow came from. You know, he was known as Crow. And um, the actual uh, name of the whole business is Crow's Nest. And I, I did that because, you know, I'm doing the boxing now uh, because I, that's, I, I had the space and the people that have um, helped me out. You know, I just work with what I had right now to, to you know, um, create these spaces for youth. Because, it, honestly, it started because I was in a bit of a panic about my two oldest sons that were really struggling and obviously having two teenage sons and I was able to see what was going on in the community through them and it really worried me. Um, but the big dream was always to 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 create a, a service, you know, like a a program, I guess. But you know, I guess it's a business called Crow's Nest, where would you know, which would be for the community. And I wanted to use the word nest because it's like a, a nurturing. You know, a nest is like a home. Um, it's nurturing and and yeah. So I guess that's all the little elements I, I wanted to to have my dad's spirit very much in everything I do. And, um, you know, Crow's Nest uh, Fitness and Wellbeing is what is what the, the business is called. Um, and I say business, I hate that word, you know, it's, we're not making any money at all. I just needed a, um, I needed to create a register something so if I finally get funding, which hasn't happened yet either, that, it's all legit, you know, that there will be a bank account and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I hate the word business and all that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's a non-for-profit. It's going to, it will be a non-for-profit business. I'm trying to work out how to make that happen because I'm learning as I go um, because I've realised that if you if you apply for big funding, um, you know, all that admin stuff I'm, I'm trying to learn really quick, you need to have, you know, all that in place, the account number and the ABN and all that kind of thing and, um, so anyway, yeah, Crow, that's where Crow comes from. That That's my father. That's, 
and I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to do everything that he taught me because um, my dad was well known throughout the whole community and I still get people just randomly coming up to me all the time saying you know your dad your dad brought me back to my family or you know a lot of youth that he looked after and yeah that's that's where it's all coming from and and also I feel like crows the word crow um, it's more inclusive you know for everybody like it's a it's a a name that everyone can go under yeah it's interesting that he had that nickname and he was known by crow um for exactly that same value because you're right he connected so many people um uh sadly i never got to meet um your dad but i heard so many great stories about him and everyone i speak to in the indigenous community knew your dad so um he's taught you some incredible things nikita um and one one um, yeah he definitely has um but (laughs) i always feel terrible when i don't talk about my mother because she's definitely exactly the same you know they're very grassroots people that's that's how they work that's how they taught me to be so she's amazing too she's you know they were the best of friends and i can see why because their values were lined up you know and they they taught me very well so i'm lucky for that and like i said i've got a lot of kids in the program that don't have that opportunity have parents like I I had. I was very lucky, you know. So trying to be there and be that person for them that's, that that will be there for for them. Like I was lucky enough to have two staunch parents that nurtured me and cared for me and taught me taught me well, you know. So that's that's a that's big for me too. I want I want to be that person. Like I feel like I've got like fifty plus kids now, you know. You know they're just beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's pretty special, that's for sure. And speaking of special, um, you know, I, I can't pump your tires up any any more. Uh, how much I appreciate what you're doing for the community, but also, you know, the fact that one of your friends, um, you know, is going through a, a health challenge at the moment, um, and you were, you basically reached out, um, and effectively, how can I, how can I do something about this, and how can I raise some money? Um, and just tell us a little bit about that story because I, I was super moved by it um, for <laughs> sure. Um, and that's that's why you're sitting there with short hair today after losing those beautiful long locks. Um, so just yeah. tell us a little bit about how that came about. Well, that, that came about because, um, yeah, the, the, the friend of mine, her name's Erin uh, Wanganine, and, you know, on Facebook I... I a couple of months back, I, I I saw that she started to to share her journey, and and I had no idea that you know she'd recently been diagnosed with stage three cancer, and um, I was shattered, you know, because I'd worked with her for a while when she was down here in Melbourne, and she, you know, you you know them people that are just, you know, she she's got the same kind of aura as my as my father and mum, just beautiful people, just you know, always smiling and happy you know, just so kind and um, just a lovely person. And, you know, she's a, she's the same age as me. She has children. And it really affected me. And I, I did. I reached out to her. She she moved back to Darwin um, to be with her people, you know, a while back. But I had the most fondest memories of her, just being the sweetest woman. And um, I reached out to her and I said, sis, you know, I just asked her, I said, I want to raise some money for you because I knew financially she was struggling because she's got so much appointments and, 
you know, her partner, his leave was, you know, he had no leave left because he was trying to support her and it really bothered me, you know, because, um, yeah, just she's my age and and got and she's got children. And she's just a lovely person, and I I did I asked her, can I do a fundraiser for you? And um, you know, I said I I want to sh I'll shave my hair off. You know, I'll see how much money I can raise. I wasn't sure how much I'd raise, but she's like, are you sure? I said, yeah. You know, if I, if I, if it'll help you out, I'll do it. And um, she goes, only if you're sure. And she goes, you have my blessing. And I said, all right, no worries. And I. I just set up a GoFundMe page and put it out there, and um, yeah, it, it we I ended up raising raising um, six thousand one hundred, you know, in four weeks. So I, I just I did it for four weeks. I said on this date I'll shave my hair off, and um, I was blown away. You know, like I wanted to at least reach five for it and make a real difference and help her out. Um, but yeah, to go over that, you know, I was so grateful to all the community. That, that stepped up and, and donated and showed love and support towards Erin. And I know it meant the world to her too, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's the story behind that. I, it was just the best feeling to be able to, to give her that money and know that it will help her out so she can concentrate on her, her healing and stuff. Um, but with that, yeah, like a, the hair came off and... Um, <laughs> You know, I I donated um I donated my hair to a I think it's called Variety. It's a, it's for so they make wigs for young kids that have got you know they're unwell and they need they want wigs you know hair. So that was amazing too. It was, it was it was it's the best feeling to be able to do something like that. I felt amazing. Um, I had to coach my six year old daughter weeks beforehand saying, "Mummy's not going to have hair," and she had a meltdown and cried and. You know, um, she's like, no, please don't cut it off. And then when I sat down and explained to her that, you know, it doesn't matter if mum doesn't have no hair or not, you know, like it's it, it's important It's for, to help somebody who's unwell. And, and um, you know, I was so proud of my little daughter because she got us. I, I was trying, it was a really good lesson for her that beauty is not about how long your hair is or whatever. It's it's what you do for people in your life that, that makes up who you are that that shows the beauty and you're not what you look like daughter and you know when she came home from school and all my hair was gone she's like um oh mum you still look beautiful you you know it's not about what you look like she was copying what I told her and so you know one of my sons was like why did you do that for like you know and the two older boys my two older teenage boys were like putting their gangster hats on me and you know having fun with it <laughs> But it was a yeah. It was apart from being freezing cold because it's winter. Um, I, I you know I love to be able to do something like that for somebody. And you know, in the, the the award night, I have to confess, the award night when I've got that little wrap on my head, that's not um that wasn't me just trying to be stylish. <laughs> that was because I stupidly saw some greys coming through and tried to rub a bit of dye on my hair and stained up my forehead and skull. So. <laughs> I had to get a piece of material and YouTube had a wrapper wrap on my head to cover up that stupidity. So nice. You did it, you did it perfectly. I'll admit to that. Very quick thinking on your feet, too. Good girl. That's what we're on here. Yeah, well, lucky I did because I would have been getting up on the stage with a big stained up forehead. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, well done. 
Oh, 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 well done. It's, it's awesome to be able to do um, just to do something for someone else, right? It's it's um, feels pretty good to do it too. So again, well done. Congrats. Six. That that money's nothing to be sneezed at for anything, let alone you know, what your your friend has to go through. So you know, exactly. Yeah. Well done. I mean, that's the thing that probably bothered didn't bother me, but you know, everyone was sending me messages saying, you know, <coughs> you know how courageous I was and all that, and it really that kind of bothered me a little bit because it, my hair's gonna it's it's going to grow back. It already is. It's grown so quick, and um, the real courage is what my my mate's doing. You know, getting up every day. She's got children. She's she's fighting a, a deadly disease and. That to me is being courageous. Do you know what I mean? So that to me, you know, a lot of people were, um, it's, it's them showing their love and support. I get that. But I, I didn't really feel courageous at all. I just felt, you know, I feel like she is. And she's openly sharing her story for other people to create awareness about women to get, you know, get your checks and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, that, that was a little bit of the thing that I, um, I just wanted to say that because, yeah, like I said, it, it's you know, it kind of did me a favor because I trained so much. My hair is always just in a sweaty bun anyway, so it's probably it's better off being made into a wig for a little person that needs it, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, awesome. Look forward to you growing it nice and long again, so you can maybe help out some more more young kids. Who knows, Nikita, in the future? Maybe I'm kind of feeling this though. It's so so easy to keep you know like i don't have to worry about nothing well lovey and i uh haven't got many options so <laughs> we're, uh, we're yeah. you're doing it you're doing it for us because we can't so um you it's, know so how we feel. it's kind of liberating I've, I've felt so free since i got rid of the locks you know yeah but it's like two boobs it's fantastic we put our heads together it's brilliant you can do <laughs> right yeah all right, um, Nikita, thanks for spending some time with us. Well, we do want to just touch on like the, the opening question and we never got to it, but let's get to it now, is is what actually NADOC means to you um, in 2022 after two years of COVID, after so many challenges, um, I finally feel that NADOC is actually getting a little bit of exposure this year more than any. Yeah. Um, so just tell us a little bit about what it really means to you this year. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, with the boxing program and all the kids, I, I really wanted to have someone there to, to explain to them what the meaning of NADOC is and the, the history of it. Because to be honest, like I was growing, I was raised within the community and as a child, I, I really just thought it was all these cool events that we just go to. I didn't know the history behind it, you know. Um, so as I got older, obviously I learned. But, um, yeah, it was important for me to... to to bring someone in to talk to the kids about that because I wanted them to have the opportunity to know it from when they're young, um, what it really means, especially the young ones that, that are in out-of-home care and foster care because I wasn't sure, you know, when will they have the opportunity to learn it next, you know. So, you know, but this year in particular, um, I, to, to be honest, since my father passed away, I've struggled with NADOC week the last couple of years just because this was his week. You know, he's a muso. He always sang at, at the march and stuff like that. So it's been rough the, the last couple of years, um, Dad not being there because he loved NADOC week, you know, this was his thing. And um, and then we had two years of COVID um, and a lot of us hadn't seen each other. Well, we haven't for two years, 
and then it's still a real a real risk to be around our elders and stuff like that because it's still hovering around so um this year it feels special because we're able to reconnect um and, that, and that's what NAROC week is about it's about celebrating aboriginal people and and all our achievements and that we are growing and 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 um you know like our voices are finally starting to be heard and that's very important you know because we haven't been heard for so you know for years and years and years and it, it does start it is feeling like we are starting to be acknowledged and recognized and and heard by the water you know by australia in general you know the people of australia and um so this year you know it's special to me it, it was feeling really good before i even won the award and then and then that was just lovely you know was a beautiful thing as well um and yeah like I said it was very important for me to pass that down to to the kids that I'm working with to give them that opportunity I really just scraped that NAIDOC event together really last minute but it, it was lovely you know like it sometimes the things that you just throw together work the best so um and you know there's been a lot of people like even though I don't have solid funding to keep going on with the program there has been a lot of people that have stepped up to help out. Um, and before we wrap up, I just I need to acknowledge the, the trainers that that step up every week and train the kids four times a week. You know, these are professional boxers, boys that I, I train with. But he, especially my trainer, Rossi Richmond, Ross Richmond, you know, he owns that factory and he he's opened that whole space up to these kids. He told me when I, when I said, you know, will you help me out with the kids? You know, if I get some kids here training, we didn't think it was going to be that many. But he said, "Not a problem. Bring them, and we'll we'll train them. You know, we'll look after them." So, you know, that none of them are getting getting paid. You know, none of us are. They're just purely doing it because they want want to see the best in in the kids, and because they see, we've, you know, like I said, boxing gives you a family, and, and they they are like my family. So when they see would see me coming and stressing out about my sons and the youth in my community, you know, they could see it in me. You know, I don't. I don't do well trying to hide things. So um, they wanted to help me. And then I can't be, I'm so grateful for them, you know, because they're not, they're not part of the Aboriginal community, but they've opened up, you know, they've given their time to all these kids. They don't just train them. They ask how they're going, how their day was at school, you know, can, can they support them in any other way? They're more than just training the kids. And, um, and, and, and obviously, and then there's, um, other people that are stepping up to support, you know, like the uh, the youth, the Darabin Youth, the Northlands Youth Hub, there's a worker there that comes and, you know, brings food for the kids and all that kind of thing. And um, Northcote, Your Health donated money so I could get all the kids' NAIDOC T-shirts. So I have to pick them up tomorrow. It's a massive order, you know, but they, they donated that money so the kids could have a NAIDOC shirt to go to the march in. So... People are chipping in here and there, and it'll just build hopefully. Um, but yeah, NAIDOC, NAIDOC week to me is—it's about celebrating Aboriginal people and, and their achievements, and and that you know we are still here after all these years, and and we're starting to break cycles, and that, and that's what I really am trying to do with everything that I do moving forward is breaking these cycles that that these destructive cycles that have come about from you know 
colonization and that and the, the transgenerational traumas that have been passed down. Um, that's the stuff that I'm trying to trying to do what I can to um, break because there's just way too many of us locked up, um, especially the youth, too many of them in the youth justice system. There, there's so many. Um, and I just want these kids to just, I don't want them to be statistics. You know, I want them to do, have good lives and be productive, you know. Well, there's one thing for sure, and that's you're doing your best, um, and that's all you can do. You can sit there right. and and I can tell you one thing: it's um, it becomes infectious what you do, um, Nikita. And good people surround good people, um, and on your you are leading that charge in, in respect of from what you were taught as well, mind you. So um, you were taught that the, the people you're around. We wish you all the best at your Thank next you. boxing endeavour. Um, so you must let us know when you're fighting again. Um, we're yes, I need to get stuck there. into training. You know, the yeah, kids you, have taken up all my time. So. I was going to say, in amongst all this, you probably don't have much time um, to do much else. I know you do so much stuff on the side, including those little beautiful earrings. Oh, yeah. You've got, give earrings. those a little plug as well if anyone needs to. Hit up Nikita <laughs> um, and, uh, and she'll help you out. But... Nikita, thanks for your time today, most no, importantly. Thank you, thank you. I always said to you that, uh, and the guests we've had on tonight, these were little 10 or 15-minute chats, but they always should be so much more than that. So um, I think my little 10-minute teaser was to get you in and get you to commit. <laughs> but, um, I, I thank you so much for coming on, mate, and I look forward to catching up with you and having a yarn and, and chatting about life. Thanks, Aaron. I will be in contact with you to work out these uniforms for the kids. So look forward to it. I will be, I'll be annoying you soon. No problem at all. All right. Well, all the best and have a <laughs> enjoy you. the rest of NADOC week and the weekend. Thank you. Too. Okay. Bye. There. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah, that was pretty powerful. Um, she's an incredible person, Nikita. Um, and shout out to. A friend of mine uh, and a cousin of Nikita's, um, Dixon Patton, who we'll get back on in hopefully in the next couple of weeks to talk about some of the Indigenous designs um, that he's been doing recently in the V8 space um, awesome. up there in Townsville. So we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, what did you think? What did you think, mate? It's, um, oh, it's look, been I just, a big night. <laughs> I just think, um, just touching on Nikita, I know that there's hundreds and thousands of other leaders in her community. And I go back to what I said at the start. It's encouraging people like Nikita who who set the best examples that Australia could ever ask for. Hmm. Um, give, them a, give them that light. Give them that kudos, you know. To, let's get our priorities right about what we actually want to show in, in mainstream media, in social media, in... in, in in just yeah, in just the way we actually should be seeing things, you know, and, and the work that Nikita does. I mean, I, I would value that a million times over anything a politician ever gives us, for instance. So, mm. uh, um, all power to her, all power to all the people that help her, and all the rest of it. It's just awesome. I loved it. Loved yep. loved hearing. Great. Yeah, it's been a special night. Um, look forward to capping it off on Saturday night with uh, our two first guests, with Matt Joe Gow and Karen Field. So it's been a big night. We we plan for a, 
30 minute, 40 minute, never ever happens. <laughs> All we, we pretty much did two 45 minute segments um, tonight that we'll probably split uh, the audio for for the yep. podcast. But, um, mate, thanks for jumping on. Um, Cuz, look forward to having you back hopefully next yep. week. We've got a couple of exciting. Got a couple yep. of exciting guests coming up. Um, Ryan Sterling next week to talk about his new album. Um, yep. And we've also got uh, a little little secret guest we've got cool. coming up that um, huh? let's, let's talk about eating competitions. Let, let me just leave it at that. And uh, <laughs> we'll see which guest we can get on hopefully next week. So look forward to catching up, mate, and uh, enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. Yeah, you and- too. Stay safe. Peace out, everyone. Look after yourselves.